0: Welcome to IBM Fullstack, a place where tech innovators can learn how IBM business partners leverage a unique and diverse ecosystem to deliver amazing results for clients. Hear from both business and technical specialists on how the IBM sustainability software portfolio enables smart solutions and seamless digital transformation.
1: Welcome to IBM Fullstack, an informal podcast focused on enterprise asset management real estate assets, sustainability solutions, and weather products. My name is Paul Gatland, and I work for the partner ecosystem at IBM. And today I'm joined from our partner, MaxEU, by Peter Lemon, strategic consultant, and my colleague, James Hobbs, who's general manager for EMEA for the Invisi business for IBM. Welcome, Peter and James. Hi, everybody. Hi, Paul. Before we start, I just need to say this podcast is a personal point of view discussion. So today we're going to talk about sustainability and the impact of the mandatory climate change reporting rules, so more specifically, the climate-related financial disclosures that came into force from April 2022. So to start things off, Peter, can you describe how sustainability has changed the real estate market in recent times?
2: Thanks, Paul. Sustainability is a key global issue for today's real estate markets. The real estate market is having to consider its approach to a number of challenges, including decarbonisation, green construction, and lifestyle changes in the way we all live and work, particularly in light of the COVID pandemic. Additionally, the real estate consumers are far more aware and have much greater expectations around the use of space, the environment, welfare and well-being, and energy performance. This is leading to the real estate market working with stakeholders at a number of levels to integrate environmental and social policies into their decision making around such things as smart cities, energy management, construction, land planning and sustainable development. So what are the key areas I would see that the real estate market is really considering at the moment, reducing greenhouse gas emissions, minimising waste and promoting resource efficiency. But I also think the real estate market is also being asked to take a more strategic long-term view and consider how we improve sustainable procurement, developing and delivering nature recovery plans and reducing the environmental impact for ICT as we become an even greater consumer of technology. So I don't think it's on one platform, Paul. I think there's a number of challenges across the real estate market in terms of
1: sustainability. Okay, thanks, Peter. That was really insightful. And I think if I can just pick up on a couple of areas there, so certainly the greener construction, the reduction in greenhouse gases. And I guess this brings me on to James. So James, with the mandatory climate change reporting rules now in place, how has this legislation changed adoption of software to manage and monitor an organization's carbon emissions?
0: I think it's accelerated the adoption of sustainability software solutions such as Invisi. I think there's a, an overarching trend here, which is greenhouse gas emissions, ESG data more broadly, is coming under increasing scrutiny. And legislation is certainly playing a key role in that. So the other trend that we're seeing in the market is increasing scrutiny on greenhouse gas emissions and ESG performance from investors who are now starting to use ESG performance as one of the metrics they look at when making investment decisions. One of the other key drivers for the adoption of sustainability software solutions has actually been the number of organisations setting their own decarbonization and net zero targets. We've seen an exponential increase in the number of organisations certainly setting net zero targets over the last 12 to 18 months.
1: That's great, James. Thank you for that. And just for the benefit of anyone listening who doesn't understand what ESG actually means, can you expand on that?
0: Yeah, of course. So ESG stands for environmental, social, and governance.
1: Thank you, James. And I guess with that in mind, Peter, from a sustainability perspective, perhaps drawing on your knowledge and experience from your previous role uh, within the MOD, what would keep a head of real estate awake at night?
2: Great question. But I think I'd probably break it down into three key areas place, space, and people. So, in terms of place, how do we optimise the space to minimise our footprint? The big challenge for real estate managers out there at the moment is this drive to rationalise their footprint, particularly in light of the way we're all working differently post-COVID, et cetera, as well. And obviously, by minimising our footprint, can we minimise our energy consumption? I think the other thing for us from Place is this drive to smarter hybrid working. So for many of us now, an office isn't a single place we go to, but rather our home, a cafe or it may be off a workplace or an office, et cetera. So I think place is something that people are really trying to get their mind around now and saying, how do we provide a place to work and how do we make that sustainable? Moving on to space, we're seeing a lot more design going into making the workplace more configurable, particularly bringing more meeting space into the workplace, rather than people going there to sit at a desk. More people going into the workplace now to actually meet and collaborate so I think we're actually seeing grades of thought going into space design. And heads of real estate are having to consider how they reduce their carbon footprint, not only from the new builds, but also for their legacy builder estate, which is often a bit more challenging than what can be done when you're designing a brand new building. They're also turning to technology to support their space planning and optimization needs. I also think the hybrid work advancements are happening outside the workplace too. So we're actually starting to see far more cloud offerings in terms of the software tools we use that allow us to work from anywhere. And this shift in workspace is also leading to a change in software tools we use and how we interact with them to improve productivity. We also need to be mindful, though, that as we start to adopt technology, there's a counterbalance to that where we're actually pushing up energy consumption and therefore the carbon footprint of ICT. So that needs to be addressed in parallel with with how we change. The final area for me, which I said, was people. And for me, this is where the greatest gain is in sustainability and probably one of the biggest challenges for a head of real estate. People lay at the heart of the change, but we really need to change behaviours. Consider how we drive that change in behaviour to ensure people use buildings in a more sustainable way. And that stretches beyond the workplace, even as far as how do people travel to work? So you've always got to think about your consumer. And actually, how do we promote that through electrical charging points? Green travel plans, cycle
1: schemes, etc. Great, thanks, Peter. And just to pick up on a couple of those points, so the technology to support cloud offerings, and you know how people travel to work, which fits into a you know scope three carbon reporting. So, James, just if I can bring you back into the conversation, from your experience, how does the UK property market differ from other geographies, and what can UK organisations do to get ahead?
0: I think we generally see there being more similarities than differences, to be honest, in terms of the global client base that we work with, at least around the challenges that they're facing. I think what we do see, though, is differing levels of maturity across the regions in which we work. And I would generally say that a UK and European client base potentially more advanced than some of the other geographies in which we work. An example of that would be the very high levels of adoption of the Carbon Risk Real Estate Monitor, the CREM tool, which is supporting a lot of organisations here in the UK and in the European market more broadly, focused on the carbon risk assessments for the European real estate industry. Another good example would be the number of organisations that have signed up for the Better Buildings Partnership Climate Change commitment that commits a pretty significant number of the UK's leading commercial real estate owners and investors to net zero targets and commitments. And I think the other really interesting thing that we're seeing is that a lot of those commitments also incorporate scope three emissions, which we don't necessarily see in other markets. So obviously, in the commercial real estate industry, scope three includes tenant data. That absolutely continues to be a key challenge for the industry in terms of getting access to reliable tenant data. Organizations in the UK starting to look at provisions in lease agreements to effectively sort of you know mandate or at least facilitate the provision of energy data from the landlord to the tenant, which is obviously going to form a key part, not just of their reporting, but also the engagement between the landlord and the tenant in terms of identifying decarbonisation opportunities.
1: Thank you for that, James. And one of the things that perhaps we failed to mention as well is that IBM also use our own products to manage our own real estate. So, uh, for example, we do use uh, TriRiga Maximo and also Invisi within IBM's global real estate team as well. Just as a final couple of questions is what the future holds. So, Peter, what are your predictions for the end of this year into 2023 in regard to the impact of carbon reporting?
2: Over the last few years, we've seen a number of new policies such as the climate change reporting and the greening government commitments, which are driving a shift in the way we all live and work in the future uh, with regards to being far more sustainable. And in order to achieve that, I think, there's going to be a far greater dependence on technology. I think the old adage is that you can't reduce something if you can't measure it. It's as true today as what it's ever been. So I see sensors playing a growing role in how we manage our real estate in the future and how we capture data. And I think we're going to become much more data rich in the future and much more informed around our behaviours and how it impacts on decarbonisation, etc. So I, I think certainly... That Max and, and the work we get involved with is actually looking at how we can use technology to help drive some of that change going forward. I think automating systems has a huge place to play in the future. And that, I think, that includes things like such as turning off lights when no one else is in a room. Things like that, I think will have far greater impact on real estate in the future. I think on the bigger scale, it's a difficult challenge to address locally and even at a building level. I think digital twin and building information modelling. BIM, as it's more often referred to, will have a big role as we move forward. Cities around the globe are developing digital twins to try and improve their infrastructure so they better understand how things operate within the city, how traffic moves around, which create carbon build-ups, et cetera. How do we support smart cars and connected networks around IT centres around the whole cities? Understanding what is happening in buildings is much simpler if you're looking at the digital representation of a building. I mean, some of the things we've been involved in, in the past is around space booking, space utilisation. How do you close off whole areas of buildings that are not being used? And that would all require enhanced visualisation, but user-friendly. So I think this really is about making it easy for the end user consumer. And I think things like 3D interfaces that are connected to IoT platforms. Can I generate a building design virtually and actually virtually walk through that building and understand what the user experience is going to be? And can I identify those areas in the building, which are going to be carbon heavy going forward. And can I then build that into the building design early on? And certainly I've seen that in the past where one of the last construction projects I was involved with, we had virtually walked through the whole building. It was far more efficient as well because we've made a number of changes before we even got into construction. And then during construction, three digital twins and BIM models can be used to collaborate remotely. So actually, rather than people travelling to the new building, how we reduce our carbon footprint by actually reducing the need to travel So I think they would be the things I would see going forward. We would probably argue that most of those things are are around today, but have they really taken effect as yet? And I think over the next few years, I think we'll see far greater adoption of those digital means of how we can reduce our carbon footprints and improve sustainability.
1: Thank you, Peter. That was particularly interesting, especially your predictions around BIM and from a software perspective. James, if I could ask you the same question, you know, in terms of your predictions for uh, 2022, 2023 around the impact of carbon reporting.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Over the last one to two years, we've seen an increasing focus on scope three emissions. And I think that will continue through 2022, 2023 and uh, beyond. One of the key scope three emissions for the real estate industry is obviously the embodied carbon within their buildings. And we see a lot happening in you know that space in terms of trying to account for the carbon that's already um, within the buildings in which we all use and, and work from today and obviously informing decisions around new buildings and refurbishing buildings, obviously needing to kind of take into account the carbon that already exists. And I think what we expect to see probably longer term is a move towards operationalizing sustainability. So IBM, we talk a lot about turning ambition into action. And one of the ways in which we're looking to do that is through integrating core operational management systems like IBM TriRiga, an integrated workplace management system with reporting platforms such as Invisi to create a continuous feedback loop between the operational platforms that we're using And then the reporting platforms like Invisi that sort of feed in to the greenhouse gas emissions and ESG reporting that we've been talking about. And through that integration, be able to inform the actions that you could be taking to improve performance and also enabling you to track the savings that are being realised.
1: Peter and James, thank you very much for your time today. If anyone wants to connect with either of you after this podcast, then your contact details are available in the description on the podcast. So again, thank you very much. You have been listening to IBM Full Stack. If you want more information on how to join our tech ecosystems as a business partner, or if you have further questions about how IBM AI applications can help your business, please see the contact details in the description.